Amen. Try to scoot to the middle if you can. We've got some seats right up here in the front. If they need any up here on the front, right up here. All right. Brother Donnie, will you show this, this right here? There we go. About the fourth pew back, we got four seats right over here. Just slide right on in it. There you go. All right. Help them, Brother Donnie. Amen. Amen. My dad used to say when it got crowded, SOS, scoot over some. Amen. I, I hollered that one day in a church service, and I said, do y'all know what SOS is? And some man hollered out, short on the sermon. <laughs> Obviously, he didn't know Jesus. Amen. He, I'm just kidding. John 10, 10. If you're there, say amen. amen. The Bible says this, the thief cometh, but to steal and to kill and to destroy. But I am come that they might have what? Life. Life. And that they might have it how? Let me read that again. The thief cometh not but for to steal and to kill and destroy. But I am come that ye might have and that ye might have it more. Dear Heavenly Father, help us here this morning. God, I pray that your will be done. Jesus, bless us now. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Amen. You may be seated this morning. If you received a bulletin this morning, you, you read a story uh, of a young, a young artist who was laboring on a statue of an angel. In Florence, Italy, a young artist labored long and hard over a marble statue of an angel. When he was finished, he asked the famous uh, artist Michelangelo to examine it. And no master had looked over the work more carefully than Michelangelo. It appeared perfect in every way, and the young artist waited. He was so excited. He wanted to see what his master would say, and his heart nearly broke when he heard, it lacks only one thing, one thing. But the great artist never did tell him what it was that it lacked. For days, the artist could not eat or sleep until a friend called Michelangelo at his studio, and he asked him what he thought. And he said, the only thing it lacks is life. It was so perfect in every way. I mean, every detail was crisp and clear. I mean, it, it, it was there. It looked so real, and it only lacked what? Life. How many people today that I see everywhere, everywhere, and the sad part is not just in the world, but also in the church. They have the form of godliness. They have uh, salvation in their heart. They may be saved. They may have their name in the Lamb's book of life. They may know who Jesus is. They may go to church every day, but they look like their mother-in-law moved in and kissed them right on the mouth. I need a witness right there. Now, I don't understand that. It should not be. Now, I understand if you don't know Jesus. I understand if, if you, you're not sure that you're saved. And, and I understand if, if, if that's the case. And you, you may think that you don't have much to live for. But, but if you're saved and you know Jesus, man, that's the most exciting life anybody could have. And in this, this verse, I, I read it over and over and over. And Jesus said, hey, I came that you might have life. And not just have life, but have it more abundantly. I looked up that word abundantly, and it means to the full. I mean living life to the full. Getting the most out of it. Getting every bit of it and get it good. Not just enduring. Not just surviving. But experiencing real life. Life to the full. And I, I, was, I was going through the Bible, and in and, and, and God's original design... God designed for abundance. God designed man for abundance. It was his plan. 
It was his design that man have a great life. If you'll go all the way back to the book of Genesis, I mean all the way back to the beginning of everything, the Bible says that God made a garden. I mean a good garden. Put it there in Eden, and there he placed the man. There he placed man in that garden, and the Bible says he put two kinds of trees there. First, ones that were pleasant to the eye, and then good for food. It says this in Genesis 2, verse 8. And the Lord God planted a garden eastward in Eden, and there he put the man whom he had formed, and out of the ground uh, made the Lord God to grow every tree that is pleasant to the sight and good for food. How many of y'all like to eat? Say amen right there. God bless us all. Amen. I love to eat. I mean, I know y'all can't hardly tell, but I, I mean, I am a connoisseur of food. Say amen. I like it all. But do you know what? God put things in that garden so man could survive. You got to have food to survive. I mean, you got to have it. You got to have briars, vanilla with chocolate icing. Say amen. I mean, you can't survive without it. It's in the, it's in the five food groups. I believe it with all my heart. Amen. But you know, in that garden, God not only put food, but he said trees that were pleasant to the eye. And I wondered about that. You know what? God didn't want man just to survive. God put in there pretty things. God put in there the roses and the lilies and the daisies and the azaleas and and all the beautiful magnolia trees and, and the dogwood trees and everything that was pleasant to the eye. From the very beginning of time, God wanted you to have a great life. God wanted it to be exciting. Many times through the Bible, I find he said, I spoke these things unto you that my joy might be in you and your joy might be full. Full. I mean, what is full? When you can't eat no more. I like to eat till I'm full. I mean, it is against the what? No, it's not. I'm going to tell a lie, right? Isn't it good to be satisfied when you get up? Let me just put it that way. That's a better way to put it. Amen. I'm going to be dieting tomorrow. Amen. To the full. Have you been to the place where you're so happy you can't take it no more? I've been where I've been so mad I can't take it no more. I've been so aggravated I couldn't take it no more. But God said, I want you to have happiness to the full. Where if you was any more, people ask me, preacher, how you doing? I said, boy, if I was any better, it'd be illegal. Say amen. amen. We need to have a positive attitude. But when's the last time you was that happy? The Bible says we are to have peace that passeth all men's understanding. I mean, it's so good you can't even explain it. When have you laid your head on your pillow and had that kind of peace? The Bible says, if you abide in me and I abide in you, ye shall bear much fruit. I looked up the word fruitful. And the word fruitful means abundantly productive. Are you productive in your life? Are you being productive? It doesn't matter. You don't have to be a preacher. That, 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 that chapter is not necessarily talking about spiritual things. It's talking about whatever. If you're a lawyer or a doctor, if you're a, a plumber or a, an electrician, if you're a painter or if you're a preacher, whatever it is, if you abide in Christ, you're going to be abundantly productive. Does that describe your life today? Well, that's what God intends for your life. That's what God has designed for your life. That was what God purposed for your life. I'm come that you might have life. And not just have life, but have it more abundantly. A great life. So what's the problem? What's the problem? If it was God's purpose and design, if it was God's original plan for all of us to have a great life, an exciting life, an exciting marriage, an exciting ministry, what's the problem? Well, in the first part of that verse, we find the problem. The thief The thief cometh but to steal 
kill, and to destroy. I don't know if you know this or not or believe this or not. It doesn't matter whether you believe or not. Whether you believe this carpet is blue does not matter to me. It's blue. Well, I believe it's red. Well, you can believe wrong all you want to believe. It's blue. Amen. Well, I don't believe in the devil. Well, he believes in you. He believes in you. The Bible says in Peter, it says, uh, be sober, be vigilant, and always watching, always aware. Be sober, be vigilant, because your adversary, the word adversary means enemy, somebody that's after you, your enemy, your adversary, the devil, has a roaring lion roaming about, seeking whom he may devour, roaming about seeking whom he to destroy, roaming about seeking who he can steal their happy, steal their joy. I've seen countless countless couples countless couples standing here i'd be standing here he'd be standing here sweating i need a witness right there i mean sweat rolling off of him his best man having to keep him there so he don't run out that door and then the bride standing here is beautiful i mean as can be just decked out and they're smiling each other giggling and everything and just talking back and forth and they just so happy and excited and a few years later they're in my office with fangs, claws. I hate him. She's from another world. <laughs> Look, y'all, we're all made out of the same material, dirt. But what in the world has happened? The thief came. He came and stole the joy. Stole the peace. Stole. And you know what? You know what? This is what they always say. Always. When I say, what do you want in this thing? What do you want in this marriage? What do you want? In, what, are you, what are you coming to my office for? What did you come here for? This is what they always say. I just want to be. Amen. And you know what? So does he. But the thief came. And I want you to know there is a thief and he's after you. Matter of fact, he tried to do everything he, he could to stop this service from taking place. Everything in the world, we've been working night and day, round the clock, every day to try to get everything ready for this service. I mean, we've had water leaks. We've had things tear up and break. This morning, we got here this morning, everything was working fine. We did not allow anyone to leave last night till everything was working in perfect order. Got here this morning, and the whole wing we had spent all week on, none of the lights would work. We'd click them on, and it'd go out. Click them on, and it'd go out. And I said, Jesus, help me right now before I cuss the devil in the house of God. Amen. <laughs> I was going to let somebody else cuss. I had to preach today. Amen. <laughs> I can't cuss till tomorrow. Amen. I'm just kidding. I'm just kidding. Now, don't none of y'all leave here and say the preacher at Temple's cussing, all right? I, I, was, just, I was just kidding. What are we going to do? What, what, we, we, God, designed, God designed for a great life. God designed for an abundant life. And there's a difficulty. The devil is trying to stop that from happening. But let me give you the details real quickly of, a, of an abundant life. I'm going to be preaching the next three weeks on that one subject. Next week, we're going to talk about joy and happiness. Not how to get a happy thought or to have a happy moment. I'm talking about to live in a joyful state. And then the next week, we're going to talk about peace. 
that's unspeakable. Peace that's unexplainable. Peace where you can lay your head on your pillow and know everything's going to be all right. In the third week, we're going to preach on fruitfulness, being abundantly productive in whatever it is that you, you do. But here's, here's what I want you to see. What are we going to do? What do we need to know today? How are we going to have this abundant life? There's three things that God showed me this week. First thing, it takes, and you've got to have this. There's, there's no, you can't go around it. Everybody likes shortcuts, don't we? Everybody likes shortcuts. We, 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 especially men, especially men. We want shortcuts. We like shortcuts, and we want the women to think we know what we're doing. I need a witness right there. But every woman knows the man don't have a clue what he's doing. We were, going to the, we were going to the Angler restaurant one time. We had a teacher's, a Sunday school teacher's uh, meeting there. And, and in, that, in that situation, we, we were going, and my wife, and, and we were coming back from Birmingham, so we was going to take a side road through Good Hope over there. I didn't have a clue where I was going. I, didn't have, I just knew maybe this would come out over there or something. I heard it had come out over there somewhere. Well, we got on that road and come out, and, uh, and, and, and we just kept going. And, 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 the, and the further we got, the more lost we looked. How many of you have ever been there? I mean, you're praying, the man is begging God, oh God, let me see something that looks familiar. And the woman is praying, oh God, let him stop and turn around. We're praying to the same God, but we're not praying the same prayer, amen. And my wife's saying, do you know where you're at? Of course I know where I'm at. Oh God, help us. We just keep on driving, we keep on driving, and she finally gets to that place that every woman gets to and says, you don't know where you're at, do you? I said, baby, if we, one more hill, one more hill, just over that hill. If we, if we don't come out, and I was hoping we'd come out somewhere in, 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 in the state of Alabama is where I was hoping we'd come out. I said, just over that hill right there. And, and God is my witness. The Holy Spirit is here to testify. Amen. Where's my wife? She's here right now. And she's just, ain't she gorgeous? Say Amen. Yeah. Go on. Stand up, Tammy, so they know who I'm pointing at. Amen. All right. I'm dead after the service, y'all. If anybody wants to pray for me right now, I'd be. We went over that hill, and God is my witness. Over the hill, right into the parking lot of the Angler restaurant. And I didn't have a clue where we were at. You know what I did? See? I told you, I knew where I was at the whole time. If you'd just trust me, your back seat drop, what's, you know, it was a miracle. It was her prayer that got answered that we got to that parking lot. Amen. But we, we, we have to take directions. We cannot take shortcuts. There's no shortcuts to abundance. That's the problem with so many things in life. The devil wants to offer you a shortcut. God said, I want you to have a great marriage. I want you to have a great relationship. I want you to have intimacy in marriage. But the devil says, listen, go in the back of this, this car in the back of a parking lot somewhere. Just take a shortcut. It's fun. And you know what? He's offering a shortcut, and it ends in disaster. When the same thing that God wants you to have, the devil's offering you a shortcut to it. He did the same thing with Jesus. He said, if you'll bow down to me, I'll give you all these kingdoms. And God had already gave it to him. God the Father had said, I have put all things into your hands. But he had to carry a cross before he could wear a crown. But the devil wanted him to take a shortcut. You say, preacher, what's the shortcut? What, what, what is the deal? What is the plan? What is the map to an exciting life? 
Well, the first thing that has to take place, this is, it's, it's necessary. There's no way around it whatsoever. There must be a new birth. There must be a new birth. You got to be born again. What does that mean? There was a man by the name of Nicodemus who came to Christ. He came in the night, by the way, because he was afraid of what everybody else would say about him. And he said, we know that thou art a teacher come from God. We know that thou art a teacher come from God. And he says, but, but, but what, what, what is it all about? And this is what Jesus said. Everybody look at me. Everybody look at me. Jesus said this, unless a man is born again, he cannot enter into the kingdom of God. Now, what does that mean? Nicodemus was thinking physical. Nicodemus was thinking a physical birth. But that's not what Jesus was talking about. He said, look, unless a man is born of the spirit and of water, water is the physical birth. When you were born into this world, you were born in a sack of water. That is the physical birth. But Jesus said, you must be born again in the spirit. You say, what does that mean? It means this. In the very beginning of time, when God made Adam, it says this, God the Father, God the Son, and God the Holy Spirit got together and said, let us read it. It's in your King James. Let us make man in our image. What is his image? It's a trinity. God the Father, God the Son, God the Holy Ghost. And you know what? He, he knelt down, he dug dust out of the ground, and formed man in his own image. Do you know we're, we're an image of threes? There's three major bones in your finger. There's three major joints in your arm. Three major joints in your leg. Three major parts of your body. Are y'all with me? God made man in his own image and breathed into his nostrils the breath of life. And he became a living soul. He became a living soul. See, that's what distinguishes us from the animals. Everybody wants to save the whales but kill the babies. I don't understand that. Man has a living soul. Man has a spirit. Man is alive. Man has a part of God in him. He has a living soul. God did not breathe and, and, and cause the animals to have a living soul. They don't have a soul. No animal except my bulldog trouble. He's in heaven waiting on me. Amen. I believe. I'm, I'm, I'm sorry. I was reminiscing right there. A soul. Man has a body, a soul, and a spirit. But see what happened when God made man. He said, don't eat of the fruit. Don't eat of the fruit of the tree of the knowledge of good and evil. Because in the day you eat it, ye shall surely what? Die. die. And you know what happened? When they took of that fruit, they did not physically die because they were still standing. Their soul did not die because it could not die. Your soul will live forever. When God breathed into man's nostrils the breath of life and they became a living soul, that was a part of God in them that will never, ever, ever die. Will live on for eternity. What died? Their spirit. The part of them that connected with God. See, man and God walked in the cool of the garden all the time and had fellowship all the time until they sinned. And sin broke fellowship between man and God and their spirit died. In other words, it's like on a phone connection. When the, when the cord is cut, when the cord is cut, the connection is broken. That's why the Bible says, man, God is a spirit and must be worshipped in spirit and in truth. In other words, our spirit connects with God. Well, when they sinned in the garden, their spirit died immediately. That's why when God came in the garden, he said, Adam! Adam! And by the way, he knew where Adam was. But when God comes and calls your name, you have to answer. He said, here we are. He said, why are you hiding? 
He said, because we, we was naked. Well, who told you you was naked? Did you eat of the tree that I told you not to eat of? He knew what had happened. But see, as, as sinners, we must confess our sin. And God had, to, God had to take an animal skin and cover cover their bodies and cover their skin, their, their sin. Well, when Jesus died on the cross, his was the ultimate sacrifice, the final sacrifice. And when Jesus was speaking to Nicodemus, this is what he was saying. It's not a physical birth you need. It's a spiritual birth. There has to be a new birth. You have to trust Christ as your personal Savior. You must be born again. Well, is that hard to do? Absolutely not. The Bible says, For whosoever shall call upon the name of the Lord shall be saved. saved." God made it where the rich could get in and the poor could get in. God made it, hey, God made it where the educated could get in and the non-educated could get in. God made it where it didn't matter what side of the tracks you were raised on, anybody could come to him. Listen, the poor old beggar on the street, the rich man in the palace, they all come to Christ the same way. Nobody can buy their way in. Nobody can be good enough to get in. If you get in, you got to come to the cross. Give him praise and glory in his house this morning. Listen, listen, Jesus loves you. This I know for the Bible tells me so. I le- Listen, when I was a little old bitty kid, I-, I learned that. The Bible says, For God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten Son, that whosoever believeth in him should not perish but have everlasting life. Well, preacher, I can't live it. Who can? Nobody. Well, I'm not- I can't be good enough to get it. Neither could anybody else. That's why he done it. When he said on that cross, It is finished it was but some of y'all are trying to keep the work up some of y'all are trying to get good you're trying to quit your bad habits you're trying to quit cussing or quit whatever it is you don't listen just come to him he'll take care of all that that's his problem your problem is just believe believe How do I get to that abundant life, preacher? There's got to be a new, say it with me. There's got to be a new, new, have you ever been saved? No, no, that's that's technical term. Have you ever trusted Christ as your personal Savior? Have you ever, has there ever been a time the Holy Spirit came and showed you you were a sinner? And I know he's doing it right now. As I'm speaking right now, the Holy Spirit is speaking to some of y'all in here. And your heart's beating faster than it ever be. You feel like your heart's going to be thumping in your throat. How do you know that, preacher? Because I used to be where you are. And when I'd be in church and that preacher would talk about salvation, I'd say, oh, God, let him shut up. I'm going to die. And it was my dad preaching. <laughs> He's in the house right there. But you know what? When that conviction's strong, you just can't hardly stand it. Right. And see, that's happening right now. What do I do about it? Oh, that's the easy part. Yeah. All you got to do is take the first step. And the Holy Spirit will walk the rest of the way with you. Amen? Amen. Brother Jeremy, where's Brother Jeremy? Brother Jeremy got saved last Friday. Last Friday. Stand up, Jeremy. I don't want to embarrass you. I just want to let them know I ain't kidding. That's him right there. Yeah. Yeah. I know he don't look much, but we're working with him. Amen? I'm just. 
he, one of the hardest things he said was just get into that place. But once I just said, Lord, just save me, it was easy from there, wasn't it? It was easy from there. You got to be saved. In a moment, we're going to sing a verse of invitation, and we're going to have people down here at this altar, and they're going to have a Bible in their hand. And I tell you, the greatest thrill in their heart is when they get to take a Bible and show somebody how to be saved. And we're going to invite you to do that in just a moment. But what's the first step? What's the first step? There must be a new new birth. Second step, write this down quickly. You not only need a new birth, but you need a new belief. Belief. You got to change the way you're thinking. Now, I'm talking to the saved and the lost. The saved and the lost. The Bible says, the Bi- yes, amen. <laughs> See, she done got to where I'm going, amen. <laughs> or he or whoever, hey, hallelujah. Bless God. The Spirit's moving on that side of the building, amen. <laughs> Proverbs 20. Now, look, if y'all don't smile in the house of God, you, you need to get right, amen. amen. It's okay to have fun in church. Some of y'all have been in a place where, and I understand that. If you smile or if you get, get, get excited, they'll thump you on the back of the head. I've got knots all over the back of my head. My mama's sitting right there. It's her fault. Amen. But it's okay to smile in church. It's okay to enjoy yourself. Amen. Watch what the Bible says. Proverbs 23, 7. For as he thinketh in his heart, so is he. Now, I'm not one of these gurus that run around and said the power of positive thinking. You know, I think I'm going to get a Mercedes and I'm going to get a Mercedes. That, 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 that's crazy. If, if a fella ter- comes on TV and says that stuff, you need to turn the channel. That's not what I'm talking about. I'm talking about this. You go around in the mully grubs all the time because all you look for is negative. Some of you, some of your, your cars, I don't even know how they work because you got two negatives on your battery. I don't even know how it cranks up. Everything is negative. It doesn't matter what it is, it's negative to you. I just won the lottery. My heavens, now you're going to have to pay taxes on it. Good, great. That's what I'm talking Now, we don't play lottery, by the way. That's just an illustration. Unless you win it and please tithe on that money. Amen. Do you believe in that? Hey, the devil's had it long enough. Amen. Some of them out here has bound and determined, I'm not smiling today, amen. I'm going to get you before the day's over. I'm going to come and goose you right here at church, amen. Look. <laughs> a hummingbird flies through the air, and it finds the sweetest flowers. It goes to the sweetest flowers and finds the sweetest nectar. But you know what? An old buzzard. It's flying through the air, and you know what it finds? Old rotten possums. Old cat that got hit on the side of the road. Old rotten moose that somebody ran over. This is in Canada. It's a Canadian buzzard. Amen? Moose. And that buzzard's flying over. And you know why? That's what he finds. Tell me why. That's what he's looking for. Some of y'all are just an old buzzard. You're just looking for the negative. Look, look. Some of y'all were sitting out there while them, them kids was doing their flag stuff, and they won't let me do it because I don't have no rhythm. I've tried to get with them, but they kicked me off the team, won't even let me on the team because I can't do nothing right. Amen. 
you probably didn't like that song. All you seen, well, that song's too loud, or it's too fast, or it had a, it had a saxophone playing in it. Buddy, if I could play one, I'd get down. Say amen. That's why God won't let me play one. Amen. But that's what you saw. But do you know what I saw? I saw kids that wasn't on drugs. I saw kids that wasn't in the street. I saw kids that was in the house of God. Hey, I saw kids that love what they're doing. That little cockerel fella right over here. He got it, don't he? Where's he at, by the way? Yeah, there he is. I don't like that. That's why you ain't up here. Amen. See, that's what I see. I see, a, I see young people that are doing something for God and proud of it. Well, I tell you what. No, don't tell me I'm not in the mood. You ain't going to bring me down today. I done worked three weeks, solid night and day, and I'm going to have a big time. I don't like what's going on. Well, there's plenty enough dead churches around here. Take your pick. Have at it. What is wrong with you? I'm changing the way I think. I'm thinking positive. I'm going to think the best. I'm going to think that God has a great plan for this place, that God has got a great plan for my life. God didn't want me walking around like I just ate a jar of dill pickles. God wants me to put a smile on my face, a spring in my step. God wants this world to know that there is a reason to be happy because Jesus is alive and well. I have my name in the Lamb's Book of Life, and I'm some kind of excited about it. Now, church members, you need to learn to smile. Your face will not break, I promise you. I am smiling. Tell your face it didn't get the memo. How are you thinking? How are you thinking? You know what? I'm my biggest critic. I can find all kinds of things wrong with me. And, and, and I understand that. But let's not go around that way. Let's go around looking for the positive. Let's go around looking for what's good. Because I'm telling you, God can take any, any negative and make a positive. Make a positive. Church, say amen. amen. Lastly, what was the first one? There must be a new birth. A new birth. Got to have a new birth. Then you got to have a new belief. belief. You got to change the way you're thinking. Believe that God wants to bless you. Why should I believe that? Because the Bible is full of it. It's full of things where God has promised goodness to you and blessing. But then the last thing, and this is important. That's why we're going to finish this. We're going to keep preaching on this the next two or three weeks. You've got to have a new birth. You've got to have a new belief. But then you've got to have new behavior. Behavior. Oh, uh, Slop. Slop here. He had a shirt on. He had a shirt on yesterday, a West Point shirt. And if I say it right, I think I say it right, it's close enough. It says, if you always did what you always done, you'll always get what you always got. I want to be happy. Well, what are you doing different? 
I want God to bless me. Well, what are you doing different than you did before? It's, it's amazing to me. We do the same thing expecting different results. Somebody told me one time, that's the definition of insanity. To keep doing the same thing over and over and expect a different outcome. See, churches today, churches today, they're living in an old way, in an old lifestyle, in an old tradition, and they're dying. They're dying. But all they want to do is defend that way and wonder why they're staying in that way. Listen, if you go around in the mully grubs all the time, if you go around negative all the time, if you go around lost, don't expect your situation to change. Jesus said, if ye abide in me, and I abide in you, ye shall bear much fruit. But if you never pick your Bible up to read it, if you never get down to pray, if you never spend time with God, don't expect the favor of God to be on your life. Well, I just, it's just, it's just going to come out of heaven like a lightning bolt. Good luck. You're going to be waiting a long time. Jeremy, every time you'd come to the house of God and you'd be under conviction, you'd feel like you need to move. Nothing took place in your life till in that truck you said, I got to do something different than I've been doing. And the moment you decided that, boom, God touched your heart. How many of y'all remember the story of the prodigal son? Prodigal son. There's an old boy in the Bible. There's an old boy in the Bible who, who, uh, who left he left his father's home and said, give me what comes to me. Give me my inheritance. And the Bible says he went to a far country and wasted his substance on riotous living. Why did he go to a far country? Because he knew his daddy would beat the devil out of him if he'd done it at home. So he went to a far country and, and wasted everything. And he ended up being in a hog pen, slopping hogs in the bottom and by the way, young people and older people, that's exactly where the devil leads you. Hey, it might be wine, women, and song for a little bit, but I promise you that, that's going to run out. And when the devil's through with you, there is pleasure in sin for a season, but when it's done, it's got a hook in it. And so here he is in the mud and the mire, sitting here with these hogs and bears, I mean at the end of his rope, at the bottom, and said, how in the world did I get here? What in the world has happened to me? There was one day I had a home. There was a roof over my head. There was a bed that I could sleep in. There was shoes on my feet. There was a robe on my back. I was a member of a family. I had food as much as I wanted whenever I wanted. I had a father who watched over and took care of me. What happened to me? But then a great verse says, when he came to himself, when he realized, I'm tired of this hog pen. And by the way, you can get tired of where you are and make a difference. If you're tired of getting beat up all the time by the devil, if you're tired of ending up on the bottom, if you're tired of having nothing in your life but misery and heartache, the Bible says you can come to yourself. This is what he said. How many, of my, how many hired servants of my father have bread enough and to spare? And I am hunger. I am here. He said, this will I do. I will go to my father's house. I will say I'm no, worthy, no longer worthy to be called thy son. Just make me a hired servant. And the Bible says he dropped the pail, jumped the rail, and hit the trail. Say amen. amen. 
He went all the way back to the father and said that. But thank God, the father run. He ran to meet him. He ran to meet his son. And he wrapped his arms around his son and said, bring the best robe and put on him. Put a ring on his finger and shoes on his feet. This my son who was dead, he's come back. He's alive. It's time to celebrate. It's time to celebrate. And some of y'all are sitting in the hog pen of your life right now. You're sitting in a place that you're tired of being in. You're tired of hurting. You're tired of depression. You're tired of this old world and what it's doing to you. You're tired of the drugs and the alcohol and the loose living. You're tired of all of that. Well, I promise you, honey, God is sitting on the front porch of heaven and he's waiting and he'll run to you. He'll run to you. But you got to change your behavior. You got to come to him. Listen, he'll meet you wherever you are, and he'll give you what you need. If you believe that, say amen. Amen. Give him praise and glory in his house this morning. Our Father in heaven, we praise your holy name this morning. God, you're so worthy of our praise and our, our singing. You're so worthy of all that we've done today. God, we love you today. Lord, I pray right now that you'll touch hearts. You'll touch those that are tired of running. Lord, you'll touch those that are tired of losing. They're tired of being beat up by the devil. They're tired of being stolen from by the thief. They're tired of the devil having control of their life. Father, I pray in Jesus' name, Lord, that your will be done today. As every head's bowed and every eye closed, no one looking around. This is just a brief moment of invitation. There's no one looking around whatsoever. We're praying for you right now. You say, preacher, I'm not 100% sure that if I was to die right now that I'd go to heaven. Listen, I'm not asking you to join the church. I wouldn't embarrass you for a million dollars this morning. But you say, preacher, I'm not 100% sure if I was to die right now that I'd go to heaven. Preacher, would you pray for me? I want you to, as every head's bowed and every eye closed, just slip your hand up and say, preacher, would you pray for me this morning? I'm not sure that I'm saved. I see that hand in the middle. God bless you, sir. I see that hand. God bless you. Anybody else? I see that hand in the back. God bless you. I see that hand. Anybody else? I'm praying for you. Hey, I'm I'm not asking you to embarrass you. I just want to pray for you. I see that hand. God bless you, brother. In the front, in the front. I see that hand. God bless you. God bless you. Dear Heavenly Father, Lord, please be with all those.